Father, again, we thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for your word. We do pray that you would fall upon us here in this place. Um, Lord, um, as we spoke about last week and the weeks before of, of that, that incredible knowledge in the spiritual realm of you being real to us, I pray and ask, um, Lord, you would be so very real. Lord, even tonight, as we would allow you some time and space to speak and minister to us, your kids, to our hearts. And so, God, would you take your word? Would you do that? Um, Lord, encourage us in our marriages, where we're at within the marriages. Lord, and tonight, as we talk about persevering, and it's a, it's a great word for us as couples of really persevering, of having that patience within uh, the relationship, which uh, I believe we all do need. So speak and minister, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, as we continue down our little list of things in Second Peter, excuse me, chapter one, of things that we are to add to our faith. Again, Peter started with that those who have obtained like precious faith. And those who've obtained like precious faith, there's a reason for that faith is so that we would experience God's great and precious promises. And the reason he gives us the great and precious promises is that we would be partakers of the divine nature. In a sense, we would be more and more like Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but that's why I study God's word. That's why I come to church. I, I come to allow God to speak and minister to my heart that I would be changed. It's, it's what my wife, our spouse's desires that we would be changed. We would be more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. So again, we start with faith. We went to virtue and we saw that that was really the excellent um, um, uh, morals, behavior. And it, was, it had to do with our behavior and our actions, but the, uh, the moral excellence, excuse me, on that. And, and again, the way in which we conduct ourselves. We talked about that um, over the last few series, and God just looks at that, and it's, it's really important in the way in which we do conduct ourselves. Uh, but then we uh, add to virtue, we added that knowledge, and again, that was the, uh, not so much the intellectual pursuits, but the, the spiritual knowledge, the tasting and seeing that God is good. Again, that experiential knowledge, because I have tasted of God, I have tasted of Jesus Christ for myself, he has become so very, very real within my heart and life. Uh, again, it's all about that real relationship. I, I read through a book. Uh, I do a devotional every year, some kind of a devotional. And this year, one of the devotional I'm reading through is called My Utmost for His Highest. It's by Oswald Chambers. If you happen to not be reading through the devotional, would love a great little devotional, great little book. But he said this last week, and it, and it, just, it just hit me. Uh, he said, the central point of the kingdom of Jesus Christ is a personal relationship with him, not public usefulness to others. And when I read that, I just went, oh, my gosh. I, again, the, 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 the point of the kingdom is, is, is the personal relationship with Jesus, not so much about public usefulness to others. Listen, I find often that I am more concerned with my public usefulness to others than I am with my relationship with Jesus Christ. I can fall into the, the Martha syndrome and be just so busy about things that I miss spending time at the feet of Jesus. I miss being 
there for him. And, and again, listen, we can fall into that even within our marriage. Uh, again, and working on our marriage is a really good thing, and I think it's something we need to do. But if we are only trying to work on our marriage and not work on our relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, we're going to have things out of order, and we're going to find that it's just not quite working. We need to have that personal relationship with him. And as we have that with him, he works those things out with our wives, the personal relationship there. Um, But then we kind of go on to say, uh, add to your knowledge, self-control. We looked at that to have one's passions under control. In fact, I read this this last week and it says um, self-control has to do with dealing with the pleasures of. Of life, And are those pleasures controlling me or am I controlling them? But tonight, uh, we're going to add to our self-control perseverance. Uh, and again, perseverance. Second uh, Peter um, chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read from a different translation. It says, next, learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become patient and godly gladly letting God have his way with you. To self-control, we add perseverance. Listen, perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Let me read that again, because that really applies. I don't know for you, it applies for me within marriage. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. It's a cheerful endurance. It refers to steadfast endurance under adversity without giving in or giving up. It really, it comes from a Greek word which means to stay under. It's bearing all trials and difficulties with an even mind, enduring in all, persevering through all. Add to your life, and we're going to talk about this tonight, perseverance. So we'll start with the ladies. Okay. Okay, so I was thinking, um, last week I was um, watching the Poor Dodgers, one of the games, I think it was on Tuesday night, kind of halfway watching it, but it, that particular night there was a great visual picture of our topic, perseverance. Now, I don't know about you guys, but we tend to be kind of fair weather fans, whatever sport thing we might be happening to watch, you know, we start flipping the channels as soon as they start losing or playing poorly or, you know... Something becomes, it becomes a little frustrating to watch, almost like annoying, like, oh no, they're getting worse and worse. Inning after inning, that particular night, they were making mistakes, and I, I don't even remember what they were losing by, but they were losing. And, you know, just a lot of missed opportunities, you are like, oh, forget it, they're going to lose. You know, and it seemed like the other team was definitely going to prevail. So uh, I started doing other things, and kind of like later at the night, I thought, oh, I'm just going to flip back and see how bad it ended up, or if it's over yet, oh, me of little faith. And at that time, the announcers were showing all of the fans that were streaming out of the stadium, thinking like me, like, oh, it's over, they, they've lost, assuming it was going to be a loss. But late in the game, in that very next inning, they got some home runs, some base hits, they made runs, and lo and behold, the Dodgers came back and won 6-5. to five. And it reminded me, I just sat there thinking, this is exactly what perseverance looks like. In those difficult innings of life, we tend to give up. We assume it's a loss. We aren't willing to go the extra innings and stick it out to the end. And sadly, like, like us changing the channel to something better or those who leave the stadium early, 
we miss out on seeing the victories and the comeback wins that Jesus loves to do in people's hearts and in, in our lives, and even, sadly, sometimes in our marriages. So I just I do love this word perseverance, as Pat said. It's, it's kind of a convicting one again, but it's one that's so necessary for our lives. It, this word, it means, as Pat pointed out, steadfastness, patience, the ability to endure, Passionate patience. I like that one. Passionate patience. Pastor John Corson said this, it's a willingness to be patient as God continues his work in others. I really like that. I want God to continue his work in me, but it's a willingness for me to be patient as God continues his work in other people, and in particular in our spouse. As a wife who wants to be like Jesus, am I patient as God continues his work in my husband? Do I allow time and grace and mercy for the Lord to finish what he has begun in him? Just like I want that to be done in me, do I have a Jesus attitude through the process, or does my heart become weary, impatient, judgmental as I watch? It's not just about putting up with other people or putting up with our spouse, but it's patiently enduring life's circumstances with the hope that God has a plan for good, and he is able to accomplish it. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 says this, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Am I a wife that patiently hopes for God's best in my husband's life? Or does critical impatience rule in my heart and in my attitude? You know, as women, we can become... Uh, critical and naggy and um, quick to point out the faults of our spouse and that is not what perseverance looks like at all just like me God is not done yet with my my sweetheart so I need to have perseverance I need to trust and believe that God is more than able to finish his work and he will do that Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14 these are one of those scriptures you you know promise verses you should have somewhere it says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And again, for us as wives, we need to be aware that if we look at the circumstances, we're going to lose heart. But if we choose to believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and in our marriages if we wait on the Lord. He is going to prove himself faithful. As Pat already said, this word perseverance comes from the Greek root words hupo and mino, and it means to um, abide under. And I like that picture for us as women because we get to choose to abide under the protection of the Lord. We get to choose to abide under that umbrella of hope that God has a plan and he's going to accomplish it. It's associated with hope and it refers to the quality that does not surrender to circumstances or succumb under trial. I like that. Doesn't surrender or succumb. Kind of sounds like a warrior woman, or but a godly warrior woman that is. There's no surrendering when the times get tough when things don't go my way or the way I thought it should be. No, I want to choose to stand strong in Jesus, stay in for the long haul, to see it through to the victorious end. An example of a woman like that is in the scripture. So I thought we'd take a little time and just look at that really quickly. And it's found in Matthew chapter 15. 
Picking it up in verse 28, it says, excuse me, 21, it says this. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to Sire to Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. So right away we see from these verses, this lady has big problems. First of all, she's an outcast because she's a Canaanite woman. She's not a Jew. She's an outcast. She's a Gentile. She's a woman. She's not a man, and she's approaching the Lord. And her child is demon-possessed. So again, in that culture, if there was something wrong with your kid, there's something wrong with you. Or you, you did something wrong that this would happen. You know, and I thought for us today, as women, we have problems today. Maybe in our marriages, we have some problems. Maybe we have problems with our kids. But we can follow her lead. She came boldly to Jesus. Despite her negative status and her overwhelming circumstances, she came to the only one who could meet her need. In verse 23, it goes on to say, but he answered her not a word. You know, again, for us as women, does it sometimes feel like no one is listening, like no one even cares? Though it may seem like Jesus is silent, it doesn't mean he isn't at work in our lives and in our marriages. It goes on in verse 23 to say, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, she's, for she cries out after us. And I, I like that because the guys are annoyed with this naggy woman, but Jesus still hears and he cares. Again, sometimes in our marriages, we are the naggy woman. Our husbands are like, ooh, can't hear anymore. But you know what? Jesus hears and he cares and he has a plan to give her a future and a hope. Verse 24 says, he answered and said to her, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He seems to be pointing out to her 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 ineligibility for his help. Sorry, you're disqualified. I only came to the house of Israel. You know, it's kind of almost declaring to her, here's the letter of the law. But you know what? That doesn't deter this woman. She, is, she perseveres. In verse 25, it says, she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. This is a woman of perseverance. She proves it when she bows down to worship Jesus, even though she's already been told she's kind of disqualified due to her race and her gender to receive any help from him. She chooses to believe and trust that this Jesus is the God of all hope. If I want to be a woman that perseveres through the difficulties of life, I need to come often and worship Jesus my Lord, especially in those difficult times. In verse 26, it says, But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Ouch. Not the response she was hoping for at that moment. He's basically saying, you know, you're like a dog, and the bread is for the children of Israel. You get none. And listen to what she says, this woman of perseverance. Sorry, I can't read it. And she said, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Wow, this is a lady that persists. She is not easily deterred from what she feels in her heart to do. With wisdom, with humility, and with continued hope, she comes to this Jesus believing that he is good and faithful and the Messiah that she has heard about. She understood where else can we put our hope. For us, again tonight, ladies, when the trials come, when difficulties happen, we, like this woman, need to keep on coming to Jesus, believing he is the one that we can place our hope in. Jesus goes on to say in verse 28, 
He answers and says to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. I love this picture, ladies, because this is a woman who has troubles galore. But she came to the right place to find mercy and grace. She came to seek and worship Jesus as Lord. It reminds me also of a verse in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It says this, But we also glory in tribulations. And you might say, what? Glory in tribulations and problems and trials? Why? It goes on to tell us, Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And I put, dear sisters, since we have been justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, all of our troubles, our marital issues, those difficult seasons in life, they have a purpose in the Lord. God has allowed them for some purpose. You know, in that verse alone, you can see the qualities that we've been learning about from Second Peter, faith and knowledge, character or virtue, and perseverance. God will actually use our trials, our problems, our issues to produce godly character in us. So those hard things that we go through, they're not wasted. It's not just, oh, wow, another time I have to go through this. God is working those things for good in us. What Satan means for evil, God is going to use for good in us. A couple of other definitions are per for perseverance are these. Cheerful, hopeful, endurance. I like that one. Basically, that tells me I need to be cheering him on to victory, not assuming his defeat like I did with the Dodgers. I'm not, I don't need to assume that. I need to assume the best that God is going to accomplish in him. Another definition was constancy. And again, for us ladies, to stand lovingly and firmly beside your man through the good and through the bad, just like we said when we made those vows. Another definition is patient, patient continuance or waiting. And again, waiting for the Lord to complete the good work that he has begun in him. Romans 8.25 says this, But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly, eagerly wait for it with perseverance. What we see in our spouse at this very moment might also include some faults and failures because they're a work in progress, just as we are as well. When they look at us, they see the same. Don't be surprised. But we are not God's Holy Spirit. It's not our job to critique or correct or criticize our husband's flaws or areas that we might think that he needs improvement. We're called to be his helpmate, called to cheer him on, to stand lovingly beside him, wait on the Lord to do all that he has planned for him and in him and even through him. I read this quote when I was looking at the word persistence by George MacDonald in a commentary, and this is what he said. He was describing persist, uh, perseverance in our Christian walk, but it applies to our marriage as well. Listen to this quote he wrote. It is not enough to start off in a blaze of glory. We must persevere in spite of the difficulties. The idea that Christianity is an unending round of mountaintop experiences is unrealistic. There is the daily routine, the menial tasks, the disappointing circumstances, the bitter grief, the shattered plans. But perseverance is the art of bearing up and pressing on in the face of all that seems to be against us. I love that quote because in our relationships, how many of us started off in a blaze of glory? In the dating days, in the wedding plan days, in the honeymoon days, yeah, we were blazing like fire. But now, maybe as wise, we've become impatient, 
grown weary, gotten discouraged by the routine, by the menial tasks, by the disappointments, even by those painful seasons of life that maybe some of us had walked through. Or if we haven't walked through them yet, we will walk through them soon. We need to come to Jesus for perseverance. Just like that Gentile woman begging him for even the crumbs of his love that are able to satisfy, to sustain us, and strengthen us in our walk with him, and to build up our relationship with our spouse. 2 Thessalonians 3.5 says this, Now may the Lord direct our, your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. And that is my prayer for myself as well as for all of us as wives, that the Lord would direct our hearts into his love, that we would rest and be assured in his love, and that would encourage us to persevere in the patience of Christ. Amen, amen. And guys, again, as he would tell us men, um, to add self-control, add to self-control, perseverance, patience. And again, one, one writer described it he says patience is the ability to endure when circumstances are difficult and then he says self-control has to do with handling the pleasures of life while patience relates primarily to the pressures and problems of life and then he put in this little thing the ability to endure problem people is called long suffering <laughs> but anyways this is often the person who gives in to pleasures is not disciplined enough to handle pressures either, and he gives up. Again, patience is not something that develops automatically. We must work at it. James tells us, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And, and that is the approach that he gives us, which is the right approach. Again, we need to expect that trials are going to come because without the trials, we never learn patience. We must, by faith, let our trials work for us, not against us, because we know that God is at work even within the trials. Nobody enjoys trials, but we do enjoy the confidence we have in the trial that God is at work causing everything to work together for our good and for his glory. I like the fact that it says um, that uh, self-control has to do with dealing with the pleasures of life and perseverance or patience has to do with the pressures and the problems of life. And again, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I do struggle and I find it hard to count it all joy in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulations. It's not like I'm all happy and glad that things are problematic and, you know, and, and, and falling apart. I struggle with it, count it all joy. Mary read that same scripture. Paul says the same thing there in Romans 5. He says, we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces patience, perseverance, excuse me, produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And again, I don't always glory in the trials and tribulations. But Paul says that the trials and tribulations produce things within our lives. They produce perseverance. They produce characters within our lives. And again, men, listen, the way in which we navigate the problems and pressures of life, tell us if we have perseverance. Tell us if we have the patience. Are we giving up? because of the weight of the pressure and problems, or are we staying under and bearing with the problems and pressures and doing it in a sense with joy or giving glory to God? This is that uh, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Listen, 
Guys, again, Paul tells us 1 Corinthians 7, uh, a lot of things about marriage. But he tells us that if we get married, we're going to have problems. Again, men, uh, there is pressure that comes upon us in the marriage relationship. It's just part of it. Uh, In fact, verse 33 of Corinthians 7 says, But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Again, men, there is the pressure in marriage of pleasing our wives. And Paul tells us that, that that is part of the package of getting married, that it's about trying to please our wives. Hence why Paul would encourage people not to get married. There in verse 8, he says, I say to the, the unmarried, it's good for them to remain even as they as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, then let them marry. Hence why I got married. I don't possess the gift of singleness. In fact, I actually love all the aspects of marriage. Yes, there's pressures. Yes, there's problems. But there's also the pleasing of the wife. And, and I enjoy working through those things with my wife. You know, I'm going to look at those three words, pressure, problems, and pleasing. Um, in the pressures, I think about the Old Testament, the children of Israel, and how they were out there. And they, they had a group of people called the Philistines. And one of the main cities of the Philistines was called Gath. And Gath means to press or to put pressure upon and, and, and from Gath, there came a guy that caused the, all the Israelites to go create, or the Israelites to run in fear. And his name was what? Goliath. That's right, Goliath. His name was Goliath. And, and yet Goliath is from this place that brings about pressure and brings about, uh, you know, that, that, that push, pushing upon. And yet I have found within my own life, oftentimes that pressure is there. And and it's not so much because of the little things, but because of the big things, the giants that come about within our lives. Those are the things that put pressure, at least upon me. And and again, and and what happens when that pressure is there? Do I turn to the Lord uh, and, and find relief in him? Or do I turn to the things of the world? to alcohol, to drugs, to sex, to trying to make money, to the pleasures of the things here. What is it that I'm turning to when those pressures are there? And the Lord would desire that we would learn patience, that we would learn perseverance through the trials and tribulations and the pressure that the enemy would put upon us. We would not give up on life, nor would we give up on marriage, but that we would persevere through the pressures that are pressing us, to run, again, from the giant to things of the world rather than running to the things of the Lord. Again, what might those be? Again, I was looking back over my life. uh, Wedding day, that was kind of a big thing uh, within my life and stuff. But maybe the birth of a child, you know, there's pressures there. The new job, the moving to a new house, new city, new state, all of those things. Things going wrong on the medical side of things. All of these things can turn into giants that the enemy wants to use to put pressure upon us. And just like the children of Israel, how they, they fled in fear from Goliath. But yet we have our Lord Jesus Christ, who is more than able to go and to defeat those things and to bring about peace in the midst of the pressures that are there. 
So we see the, the pressures, we see the problems. And again, hey, there are a lot of problems within marriage. Uh, we all have to learn. Uh, if we don't learn how to navigate them, we see that there's lots of problems. But to navigate them in healthy ways rather than in unhealthy ways. Uh, the problems I look at are kind of like, as Song of Solomon would say, about the little foxes. It says, catch us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vine. And again, it's a picture of the fox running through the vineyard and nibbling at the root. And what he eventually will do is destroy the vine, which will destroy the fruit. And that's a great picture within marriage. It's oftentimes the little things that are nibbling at the root of our marriage that will destroy the vine and destroy the fruit that happens within our marriage. And again, it's just that, that chipping away. And again, listen, I found throughout marriage that there have been difficult things that come up. Uh, again, even within our own relationship that are constantly trying to, you know, divide and conquer to destroy that fruit that God wants to do uh, what's, what's within our relationship. And again, listen, it could be anything from the way we choose to squeeze the toothpaste. Now, I've shared many times, that's an issue to me, okay? And that has caused problems in the marriage. And you think that something so foolish or so minute and yet it's something that the enemy used in my own heart just to to nibble away and cause me issues and stuff hey uh I, we've been places where uh when you go into someone's house you take off your shoes now some, not so much in the city but when you live in the country again there's a reason for a mud room and that's because that's where the mud on the shoes stays and you take your shoes off when you you go into the houses and stuff Listen, for us, one of the big things, the problematic things was um, just the way in which we raised our kids because we were raised radically different. Again, there's not a right and a wrong per se, but because we were raised very differently, we had different views of what we thought and that became kind of problematic in our relationship. Here's a recent one, the way in which we would decide to cook bacon. That can cause problems in their relationship. <laughs> Sorry. We were teaching this thing on a, a last Saturday night over at another church, and Mary got that one in on me, and so I decided to get it back on her. <laughs> Anyways, but again, listen, putting down the toilet seat. I, was, I have six sisters, so I was beaten when I was little about putting the seat down. I mean, that's one thing. Is, but again, it can be little things that happen over and over and over again that the enemy kind of uses to nibble, to really to destroy that vine, the, the, the nourishment that's going into the relationship and cause the relationship to not have any fruit. So again, you have the pressures, we have the problems, but all of those things are real. What are we and how are we navigating those problems? Are we allowing the Lord to deal with those things within our lives? Um, are we willing to, as as James would say when he's talking about Holy Spirit wisdom, that, that, that the wisdom from above is willing to yield. And we've talked about this many times, which means, uh, hey, I'm going to give up my right to have my way. And here, please, you have your way. Uh, are we willing to allow God to do those things? Listen, especially with the little things. 
I'm serious. I would sit at night and walk in and see my toothpaste and I would just be bummed at like, man, why doesn't she learn how to do the toothpaste the right way? And it would like be something I'm like, why am I allowing this? So I, I think I told you guys we so just now we buy two tubes. Yes, his, his and, and hers. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> yes way. Yes way. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Again, it's the little things that can destroy the fellowship, destroy the relationship. And when we allow those little things to rise up, uh, then then that the enemy gets in there. But lastly, pleasing my wife. Again, Paul would tell us in Ephesians chapter 5, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Man, can I tell you something? Uh, I love pleasing. Uh, I love my body and I love pleasing my body. But I'm not always into loving, pleasing uh, my wife. Uh, but again, understand, pleasing our wives, he's not talking about a sexual way. A- a- emotional, it's honoring, it's attitude, it's actions. Are our attitude actions, are those things pleasing to our wives? Yet Paul tells us men that, that, that doing things in such a way and living our lives in such a way that we should be pleasing to our wives. That it's something that we should count as joy. Uh, just like when I do things that please me and I'm happy and it's joyful. It's like, why? Because I'm doing what I want to do. That is the same attitude and action and behavior I should be demonstrating to my, to my wife. Again, he who loves his wife loves himself. Again, men, Peter would tell us that we need to persevere. We need to have patience with our wives not to give in to the pressures of life and and bail out, not to let the problems or the little things do that damage within the relationship uh, with our wives. Um, But but again, persevering, persistent in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success, that cheerful, steadfast endurance under adversity without giving in and without giving up. We need to continue, add to your life that perseverance. And I love that sports analogy from the Dodgers. Yay. Anyways, it was great because I remember I walked in and it was the eighth inning and that's when they scored all the runs because Mary's going, oh, this is just a bad game. It's not good. But anyways, again, persevering with our wives, especially through the things, through the times, the hard things, the big things, the little things looking to Jesus and allowing him to walk us through. Amen? Amen. Father, again, Lord, we do thank you for your word and the things that you've written here, Lord. Even as Mary read where um, David would say there in Psalms 27, he said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, when it comes to us within our marriages, help us not to faint. Help us to believe what we're going to see You moving and working, Lord. And if things that are going on and if things are difficult with our spouse, help us to believe, Lord, that you are not done with our spouse, that you're still moving, that you're still working. And and allow us to have that patience, the perseverance to really let you work and do those things. And Lord, we would not run in fear. We would not bail out. We would not give up. But our eyes would be upon you. 
we would be waiting on you. We would draw our strength from you to be able, Lord, to endure, to be able to persevere. Lord, knowing that as we persevere, you're doing that work in our heart and our life through the trials, through the tribulations. You're building men and women that have godly character and are willing to take that stand for you. So we ask and pray, would you please do this work in our hearts and our lives? And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.